in line with what the Bible says is happening, is going to happen. It's happening now and it's going to increase. There are things that we know in the scriptures that God has forewarned us about to give us understanding, to give us his word so that we are not caught in deception. Do you know your enemy, the one who hates your guts, has a plan to take you to hell. And he doesn't like it when you accept Jesus as your saviour. Now, when we make that decision, when we answer the call, when we connect with God and we say, yes, Lord, I want to hand my life over to you. I want to know what I'm here for. I want to know the meaning of life. I want to know that my life means something. I want to know that I'm on the right track. I don't want to get down to the end of my life and wish I'd done something different. I want to know that the time I'm spending, or and it, and it is, you are spending time. So you want to make sure you're spending your time where it's going to be beneficial, where it's going to do something for you. So you might say, well, what, why, why, why do I come to church? See, now, I, this is not your traditional sermon. But see, I want to be... Um, yielded and submitted enough to the Holy Spirit to allow him to speak a word through me that's going to minister to the heart of every person in the room. And I can't do that. All I can do is yield to the Holy Spirit and allow him to speak through me that which is going to impart what he wants for the heart of the person to encourage, to make you understand that this is the time that God has to, to infuse or to increase the understanding so you recognise the time that you're in and the time that is now getting very close to the return of Jesus Christ. Now, you don't hear that being preached too much lately because people are going about their business, doing what they want to do, making their plans and we should make plans and we should be industrious, we should be doing things, we should always be active in what we're doing but we need to be aware of the bigger picture and why we're here and what's my purpose? Am I fulfilling my purpose in life? Am I going to finish up in the destination that I desire, that I'm aiming at and to do that, we need to have a heart that's going to be pliable to what the Holy Spirit is saying. Now, I was awake for probably half the night. I was praying, I was talking with the Lord, and I was asking him, now, what is it that you want to be sharing with your people? I've got plenty of messages I can preach on. I haven't got a shortage of messages, but I have got a shortage of time. So I want to make sure what I'm saying is relevant and is, is, 
is as the Holy Spirit would desire to bring a word that's going to encourage, that's going to cause you to realise you're in the right place at the right time and God's preparing you for eternal purposes. Would you like to know that what you do this week has an eternal purpose? It's going to be useful in the time frame of eternity as far as God says, that's what I want you to be doing. I want to know that I'm doing what God's called me to do. We can all fill our time with lots of different things, lots of different activities. And sometimes we don't have enough time because of the circumstances that are that are pressing on us and we don't have enough time to maybe wait on God for as long as we'd like to because we've got little ones who are wanting our attention. All sorts of reasons. But we can also get ourselves very involved in a lot of peripheral things just that basically to entertain myself. This world is full of entertainment. There is no shortage of entertainment in this world, is there? So many people are looking for the next buzz of entertainment, the next game, the next thing that's going to cause me to have a, a high. So they're looking for all sorts of things, but the only place you find the true high, the lasting high, the eternal high, is in the most high. And he has a plan, he has a purpose, he has the most fulfilling Life, because he's planned it all for you. And sometimes we spend so much time in peripheral stuff. And God's saying, if you would only give me your attention, if you would only let me speak to the deep within, if you'd only give me some time each morning before you start running off, I'd begin to align things for you so that you would know that you know you're walking in the plan, you're doing my will, and it's so fulfilling that you're loving life. God wants you to love the life that he's given you. When I knew that I knew God wanted me to preach, I thought I cannot enjoy my life if that's what I have to do. And I, 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 I guess I fought it, I struggled with it, I... I knew in my heart what God wanted me to be doing, but in myself I felt so inadequate, so unqualified, so lacking in who I am to be able to do what I know is so important to him. See, you are so important to God. Do you understand how much he loves you? We sometimes gloss over it a little bit. But God loves you. That should be enough. Oh, yes, I've heard that before. God loves me. Jesus loves me. Yes, I know. For the Bible tells me so. I grew up hearing that. But do you understand the depth? Oh, I could go into this one. There is a dimension of the love of God that he wants to bring us into that is a supernatural realm above anything we have ever known. 
There is a realm of the love of God he is going to bring the church into which surpasses anything we have ever experienced. It's an overwhelming presence of God, filling, overflowing to the full, beyond my capacity, beyond my understanding. All I know is I am totally saturated and permeated with the presence of God and there's nothing to compare with it. Do you know there is a, a, oh my goodness, like if they had the opportunity to spend 15 or 20 minutes talking with Paul the Apostle? Would you have one or two questions for him? Where do we put Paul the Apostle on our scale of great people? Jesus, Paul, Jesus, we're pretty well up there. I want to read something that Paul said to the church in Corinthians. Now, this isn't the message I'm bringing this morning. This is just a little appetizer. But it may be as far as we go. Paul. And I, brethren, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. See, I have been asking myself the question now for quite some time. What does your church look like, Lord? I want to know how you see the church. I want to know your church, what you want for your church, what you want for your people. See, how do we determine the value of a church, the importance of a church, the impact of a church? What is it that makes a church a place we want to be? Gets back to the question I was asking earlier on. Why are you here? When you could be doing lots of other things, why here? Is it just because of the Sunday tradition? Or is it because you want to have an encounter with your creator? You want to hear something that's going to bring a spirit quickening word in my heart that's going to encourage me in the faith walk because there's so much out there that's coming against the faith walk, that's coming against the true church. And if you don't think COVID was a work of the enemy to try to shut down the church, have a look at it. Two years later, the church worldwide has been decimated by this, this attack from the enemy. 
And now a lot of churches and a lot of Christians are thinking, I don't need to go to church, I can do it online. You cannot come into the corporate anointing online. You cannot be built together in the house of God online. There are some churches that are now just going to go online because they see we're reaching more people. What's the church for? (laughs) Is it so we can say the numbers that we've got and we can text all the... What is it about? It's about that relationship. See, what what is the most important component in a church? It's the presence of God. It's knowing that I've had a touch. I've had an encounter. I've got a word. I've got a part to play in this this body. See, the church is God's body. It's the body of Jesus. And if you're outside of the church, you're having an out-of-body experience. True. If you're outside of the church... I cannot see how you can be in connection with the head. How can it be? How could you possibly be connected to the head if you're not part of the body? And the church is the body. And we are part of the body. But what makes the church the church? The connection with the head. I'm connected. The presence, the flow, the wisdom, the anointing, it's flowing from the head. And so if we know that we know, we're connected, we're in the body, then we are part of the people who are prepared by the Lord Jesus Christ for this end time gathering that's going to be so unbelievable, it will shock us because we'll think, how do we get to this point? It's God. See, the thing about the church in the book of Acts, it was birthed by the Spirit of God. It was a work of God, not a work of man. It wasn't the thinking of man that developed the church. It was the moving of the Spirit of God. It was that quickening touch. It was the power of God released in the house that caused the church to be what it was. And God is not finished with the church. But he is cleaning it up. He is shaking it up. He is sorting it out because he's getting his church ready for the most amazing God experience that they have ever had. God is going to touch the hearts of his people in a way that has never, ever happened before. The day of Pentecost was the beginning and there was an awesome move of the work of God but there is so much more in store and that's why the enemy is fighting against the church, trying to divide the church, trying to get people out of the church, get them separated, get them on a place where they're own because you can take them out when they're on their own. But when you're united together, the church and the book of Acts were gathering together as one, as one. As one, united, they couldn't be divided because they had the spirit that connected them. They had the holy presence of God that was causing them to know that they know this is where I want to be. 
So Paul says, verse 3, And I was with you in weakness, in fear, and much trembling. And I've said to you before that at times I just feel like I'm in such fear and trembling when I have to get up and preach. And I think, Lord, I've been doing this for so long. How, 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 how long do I have to continue with this feeling? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, this is what Paul was experiencing. I said, what? I was with you in fear and trembling. Paul wasn't afraid of the people. <laughs> you imagine what Paul had gone through. Remember, we were going to chat with him for 15 minutes, talk about some of the things he went through. But he says, I was with you in fear and trembling. Paul was not afraid of the people. Paul had such a holy reverence for the Spirit of God that he only wanted to speak that which the Holy Spirit was quickening to him for the people at the time. Something would, would fire up within them because of the word that came forth by the Spirit of God. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Not in the wisdom of men. There are so many churches functioning under the wisdom of men, under the guise of Well, I don't know what it is sometimes. There are so many polished preachers around that have a perfected sermon that they could just quote it so beautifully it would tickle the ears and some people want that tickling ear experience. The Bible talks about them. Heaping up teachers who tickle their ears, who tell them what they want to hear, who make them feel good about where they're at. Not challenging too much, <laughs> but just, it's okay, God understands, God loves you, you know, it's all right. <laughs> I think church, if it's worth its salt, is going to be a place where there's going to be a challenge. Because without a challenge, there's no change. Well, there's no choice for change if there's no challenge, is there? So you get challenged by the word. And, and I was sort of thinking about this last night and thinking, okay, Lord, what, what is it that you want to impart to your people? And I personally believe God wants us to have experiential knowledge. There are many churches that we can go to and we can say, nice church, nice meeting, nice message, see you next week. But what about the power of God to change? What about the power of God to set free? What about the power of God to quicken and and?" Remove every obstacle that the enemy's trying to put in your path. 
by a word that comes forth that quickens your faith. See, faith is the substance of the things hoped for. Faith is real stuff. And Paul is saying, I only want to be able to share that which the Holy Spirit is giving me so that you understand the reality of the Word of God. It's real. Sometimes when I try to share some things that are very special to my heart, I have difficulty getting the words out. And one day I might explain a little bit about why that is, how it happens. But do you know, when we come into the church, do we come in with an agenda that we're expecting the preacher to do what suits what I'm expecting? See, in the book of Acts, we might, we might have a look at it. In, um, I've been looking at the book of Acts for quite a while, my goodness me. Have a look at Acts 4 for a moment. I'll just skip to a part. You know, in the book of Acts, there was a lot of persecution against the church because they were speaking a word that was divinely implanted within the heart of the leadership. God would speak his word to the apostles and they would share that word with the people and the people would be encouraged and the people would be empowered because of the living word in... um, about verse 12 of Acts chapter 4, we see that the the religious leaders were upset because Peter and John had been working a miracle at that time. And so Peter and John were coming under a bit of flack from the, the religious authorities and the council members in verse 13, they were astonished as they witnessed the bold courage of Peter and John, especially when they discovered that they were just ordinary men who had never had religious training. That's what we need in the church. Ordinary men and women who have not had religious training. Religious Training is designed to bring people into bondage. And it's taught in seminaries and it's killing the church. Now, I am not trying to negate the necessity to be taught the Word of God, to go where there's teaching to be taught and trained in the Word of God. But in many places, a lot of young ministry 
potential go in with the fire of God and come out like a wet blanket because they've been taught a system of doctrine that's designed to bring the church into bondage. But here it says, these men who had not had religious training and then they began to understand the effect Jesus had on them simply by spending time with him. And that's the key. That is the most important key that we need to understand. Simply by spending time with Jesus, we're going to have the understanding, we're going to have the wisdom we need, we're going to have the peace that passes all understanding. He is the one who wants to impart to us and how's he going to do it? Through his word. So we need to be a people who are hungry for the word of God. If we want to see revival in this city, we have to take the role seriously and start to wait on God to begin to pursue the things of God like never before and say, Lord, open up my heart to receive so I can be a vessel that you can flow through. Fill me with your word so I've got what I need to share with the world. The world is hungry for truth. The world is being scammed so much now that they're looking for truth. Trust is being devastated and that's only going to increase. So you have to know that the one that you trust in is the source of the information that's given you the power to speak a word in due season to set people free, to bring the life of the gospel into the heart that's broken, to cause that word to repair and renew and restore and to heal and to bring that person back into the place where they know that they know I've just received a word that's going to cause me to walk in the ways of God. And that's the responsibility of every one of us. It's not up to the preacher to do all the work. The preacher's part of the body like you're part of the body. The preacher's not the head, Jesus is the head. And when the preacher realises that Jesus is the head, the body can be what it wants to be because the body will be the corporate anointing of Jesus Christ to the world. The body will be the corporate anointing of Jesus Christ to the world. Message translation. You and I making Jesus attractive to all, getting everybody involved, involved in the glory and the praise of God. So, as much as I'd like to preach what I thought I was going to preach, what's the point? The point is, you and I have to start taking the Word of God seriously and not playing church. There are too many people just warming the seat on a Sunday morning and having a feel-good, about-myself religious experience. See, what if God wants to use you this week to heal someone? 
Oh, I couldn't do that. Are you yielded to the Holy Spirit? Are you prepared to allow the Holy Spirit to move through you? Are you prepared to allow the Holy Spirit to give you a word that's going to pull someone out of the clutches of the enemy because you had the word, because you spent time with Jesus? They were amazed at what these apostles were doing because they had spent time with Jesus. That's the key. You and I have to take the responsibility of spending time with Jesus. And if we will do that, we will find such fulfillment, such satisfaction, such a a, a change in our whole outlook when we understand it's not all about me, it's about Jesus working through me. Tim spoke about it last week, being that clear conduit, being that one that can just flow through, the one that's going to be open to the Lord with no blockages because I've allowed the word to challenge me. I came to church, I was challenged. I said, okay, Lord, I'll yield everything. I'm not just playing church. If I'm going to be in this thing, I'm going to be in up to my head. I'm not just tippy-toeing in the water. I'm going in for all it's worth. I I am so not interested in half-stepping. I am so much past the thought of, well, somebody might be offended if I let loose with what God's giving me. Well, let it be. Let it come. Let it fly. Let us sort things out. (laughs) Because God has a plan for you. Father, I'm asking right now that by the power of your Spirit, you would begin to open the eyes of the understanding of every person sitting in this room, that they will have visions and dreams of what you have planned for them, that you'll cause them to see beyond where they're at, and have a revelation of where you want to bring them, and not to limit the power, because the power is you in the vessel. And if we will allow you to flow through the vessel, all things are possible to make Jesus Christ attractive to every person in this city. Every person, every person, every person needs to hear what you have in your heart about the glory of God, getting everybody involved. See, I can only touch so many people. You've got a different circle of influence. You've got a different operation. You've got a different place to be. But wherever you are, there are people who are hungry for the word of God because they are so desperate at the moment, so confused. This system that people are living in is so corrupt and they need to know the truth. I would really love to open up with a few things, but we haven't got kids' church this morning, so I find that a bit limiting too because parents are thinking, oh my goodness, I've got these kids climbing over me and I can't get it. I I understand, I've been there, I know what you're talking about. But the passion of my heart is what drives me. Look, one day I'm going to tell you some stories about what drives me. What is it? One day, in the not too distant future, 
you're going to look back and say, Jeff, I remember them when it was just the 30 of us there. Oh, I don't know how many are here, maybe 30. Hey, do you remember when there were just 30 of us here? What happened? God. If God can take 12 and bring in 5,000, what can he do with 30? Hallelujah. And they're just ordinary people, unlearned, uneducated, just like you and me. Not all screwed up with religion. Just free to flow in what's real. You know, you know what I hate about a lot of... Hate's a strong word, isn't it? But I do hate it. I hate flake. I hate fake. And I hate hype. I want the real. I want the real deal. Or I'm not interested. I'm not interested in playing church. I'm not interested in being a people-pleasing preacher. I don't want to offend people. That's not the plan. But if it goes that way, let God sort it out. Because he wants a people who are, whoa, can I say this? Jesus is producing a church of unoffendable people. I better stop, hadn't I? Unoffendable. Even if the preacher preaches till they fall out of the tree. Do you know some have fallen out of the tree? There's a bit of a shaking. And... Anyway. Wouldn't it be sad? Willie, shut up and sit down. Wouldn't it be sad if you got to heaven and you saw the video of what you could have done? Lord, I didn't know. Yeah, I was with you all the way. I was just waiting for you to step out. Hallelujah. We're going to have communion because that's something that um, is very important. It realigns. It brings us back to that place of understanding we're walking in divine health. So, <clears throat> do you want to? Do you want me to? We, we're, we're quite free here. Uh, yeah, I have got one. See, see, I want you to know something. This is just something else for you, just, just so you understand. This church is not like any other church. You're going to see some things develop in this church you've never seen before. And we're going to talk about that later in the year. But there's a flow. Do you know there's a flow? There's a flow of the Holy Spirit. And in that flow, there's an honouring of one another. There's a preferring of one another. And I said the other day that on the day of Pentecost, Peter got up and gave that powerful sermon. But there were 11 other apostles there who had just had the most mind-blowing experience. Do you think those other 11 could have had something to say also? I do. But there was an honouring. 
of the Holy Spirit. And the other 11 were quite happy for Peter to get up and speak. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, I um, I was... Somebody was sharing with me some time ago about um, a message that they had heard and it was regarding going to the river. And it was, it was preachers and it was, you know, going to the river to get a message. And, uh, and the encouragement was, don't just go to the river every time you need a message. Just live in the river <laughs> and you'll always have a message. <laughs> just live in the word and it will be there. The Holy Spirit can, can do what he wants to do with that. I just want to read a passage out of Luke, Luke chapter 22, um, verse 7. It says, Then came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat. <laughs> Go and prepare the Passover, that we may eat. Now, this was a natural, natural thing. They would prepare the Passover. There were things that they needed to do. There was a preparation. Go and prepare the Passover so that we can eat it. And this was the Passover just before um, Jesus instituted the... Well, at that Passover, um, they, Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper and then he was taken... And crucified. But I just want to highlight there was a natural preparation that had to take place there for them to eat the Passover. And there's a spiritual preparation that we have to eat this Passover. And every time that we come together and we partake of what Jesus has done and believe what he has done for us, there is, a, there is a preparation of our heart to receive. And it has to be there. And if it's not there, it's just something that we do. You know, you can partake of this thinking about what you're going to do this afternoon. Or you can prepare your heart and say, what do you want? What have you, what have you done for me, Jesus? And what do you want me now to do through what you've done? It's a preparation of our heart. And if we would prepare our hearts before God, and as we do, we're going to see some really wild stuff. We're going to see healings just around communion. 
And what, what, what did I just say just around communion? <laughs> this is the greatest meal that there ever was. Because by his broken body, the scripture says we are healed. And we need to prepare our heart to receive healing and then to prepare our heart to allow healing to come through us to others because it's what Jesus Christ has done. I'd like to stand. This is his body. It was, it was broken for us that we might be whole. Hallelujah. Let's eat together. And he poured out his blood. He poured out his life for us so that we could experience his life in us. That's what he did for us. So let's receive it right now. Let's drink together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. And amen. Uh, just some quick notices and then I'll hand it back to Tim. Um, working B, 11th, 12th and 13th of April. Uh, from 9am to 3pm, lunch provided. So just let um, Tim know um, with, when you're going to come or um, yeah, what days you might be there so that uh, they can organise lunch. So that's, uh, we wor be working out in the um, Sunday School Hall, sprucing that up a bit. Um, ladies, don't forget Tuesday night, uh, movie night down here. That'll be exciting. I think we might even be going to have popcorn, aren't we? <laughs> I think so. Um, so that'll be really great. We're going to see the war room. So if you've seen it before, it's worth seeing again. If you haven't seen it, it's worth seeing. It's great with Priscilla Shearer in that. And um, tomorrow, uh, play group, uh, just keep a, an eye on if, um, the, we, uh, our Facebook page, but um, it'll be at my house, 33A Browning Street tomorrow. So um, there'll be a notice up and we'll be letting people know about that that normally come. Uh, we've been having great... Mondays and uh, was pretty full at Sammy's last week so um, we might be nearly at the stage where we might have to do something different or or say we're full <laughs> uh, so that's great that's been really good uh, don't forget our library 
and um, there's lots of really great resources there. Um, make the most of that. To, because to go and purchase those things actually costs a lot of money. So um, you don't have to purchase them they're, if they're there. And uh, you see Jenny about that. Is that right, Jen? And uh, so that's very good. Don't forget uh, Wednesday night prayer meeting down here and we're continuing, continuing the prayer meeting through the holidays. So most everything else stops for the holidays and Easter's in the middle of that. Um, but we, uh, as we'll still be praying down here at 7.30 on a Wednesday. So I think that's all I see on here. Um, and don't forget to check our website out each week. It's good just to make sure that um, we're not missing anything. So that's it's good to have all of that there. So I'll hand it over to Tim. He's got something important to do. Just um, one last thing um, this morning. And uh, this is something that we don't <coughs> often... <laughs> so that makes it special. Um, I just want to recognise and honour somebody this morning. Um, and, you know, there are people in our midst who have been part of our church for a long time, and there's many of you sitting here. Um, and I just want to honour a particular gentleman this morning who has done a whole lot over a whole lot of time um, in this fellowship, in this church. Um, and it's you, Ken. <laughs> and <laughs> Ken's a very quiet achiever. Um, Ken has been um, a member of the oversight um, for many years. He stepped down from that a little while ago, but he had been a member of the oversight for many years and in that role he'd been the treasurer, um, he's a deacon in the church and faithful and supportive of the work of God in this place for over 50 years. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know why I get emotional, but, <laughs> but anyway... Um, so we've got a little gift for you, Ken. Um, Ken was built in 1950. And uh, so this, um, this vehicle was, is a 1950 model. And it just says to Kenneth Charles Shears in appreciation of over 50 years of faithful service to Creek Street Church. Thank you. And if, and if you didn't know, um, Ken likes his, his vehicles and he's got quite a collection, so that's one to go with it. Well, still morning, good morning, and the Lord bless you real good. Hallelujah.